Hubhopper Originals. Uh, hey guys, this is Hubhopper Originals, and welcome to the second episode of the Fine Print. We are India, uh, as we've said before. We are two guys who like to trip on all kind of things. I'm Akash Chaturvedi, and uh, with me is my friend Sandeep. Hey, what's up, man? What's up, dude? How's it going? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. Okay. So, guys, before we move ahead, uh, just a big shout out to ourselves. Uh, we run a YouTube channel called India. That's I N D I E A. Indie A. And uh, what we do there is very similar to what we do here, but in video format. We talk about things that we find very interesting. Uh, we just finished releasing a video called uh, How Narendra Modi Uses the Navrasa Theory in His Speeches. Having said that, uh, we left off at a place in the last episode, and which was Jaipur Literature Fest. Yeah, that's right. That's right, and right? Like the best of conversations, we went off script as well, but it yeah, turned out but really nice. Yeah. I'm hoping that uh, we will take off. Well, if not completely, but then partially from where we uh, where we ended last time, which was Salman Rushdie and Jaipur Literature Festival. That's right. right. Yeah, we'll be sticking to Salman Rushdie, and. Um, but uh, I just hope that if you talk about Salman Rushdie, we don't end up talking about the cliches that come with Salman Rushdie. No, we're not going to do that this time. No. Okay. Even though we will be talking about one cliche, but the reason we always talk about it because it's always relevant uh, whenever it, whenever we're dealing with artistic expression. And free speech. So, is it is it, is it uh, satanic verses once again? Is it? No, no. Like I said, uh, it's not going to be satanic verses. Okay, thank um, you. And thankfully, while preparing for this podcast, I just ah. realized that if we had talked about certain satanic verses, or if we had quoted anything from the satanic verse, um, it's illegal. Is it? Yeah, it's illegal. Are we are we going to go into why it's illegal and stuff like today? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we will be getting into that as well. <laughs> okay. There's a there's a draconian law behind each and every uh, stupid uh, law like this. It's it's a draconian law in nature. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it is pretty bad. I mean, it's some some 1800s uh, as one of the many leftovers of the British Raj. So, so think about it. The British actually came over and uh, took a pretty cool country and fucked it over. And I know I keep saying it and I keep harping on this fact that. India was uh, actually a pretty cool place before. Uh, I mean, not, not to say that it's not a cool place right now, but before they came, we were cooler, and a lot of concepts uh, which are sort of very uh, occidental, you know, in in terms of what is taboo and what is permitted, uh, they yeah. did not exist in India at all. We were like, yeah, but it's like what uh, Tarul says right in his book, The Great Indian Novel. I think it's one of the first pages itself. He says this that. The Indian society is in an advanced state of decay, and we have already we've already seen the peak of our civilization and culture. And I think the British Rajas came and took advantage of that, and they brought with them a lot of their laws, which probably would not have been applicable given our context. Yeah, like uh, homosexuality was one of them. Right? Oh yeah, I mean homosexuality. Um, I think uh, gender roles were pretty nebulous and fluid in India. Okay. Uh, especially if you look at the Mahabharata, you you know that there were. Various fringes of society that were very much a part of main mainstream, um, especially during uh, grand events like a war, for instance. So I, I, it's just one of those things. Actually, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Explain it. Like I mean, what is the name of that character? Shikhandi. Shikhandi, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at Shikhandi, you start to wonder. Um, use current narratives of most gender oppressed people, all the feminists. 
and uh, the queer community as well i think they'll find a lot of heart in his narrative and how he shaped up the mahabharata in many ways and this stuff seems to have been like lost right because nobody teaches you this stuff when they say mahabharata even in schools what they say is it's a, it's a battle between the kauravs and the yeah uh, and absolutely the yeah yeah matlab ki aise show karte hain ki duniya ki sabse badi epic jo hai hmm who also is like the most single dimensional thing in the world which is obviously it's, not the it's case it's not i mean i mean look at uh, i think it was arjuna right during the exile he played he 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 uh, dressed up as a woman yes, i mean he yes, lived yes. as a woman yep. and there was nothing i don't i don't think there were any jibes thrown at him by the by his brothers or draupadi herself it was accepted it, these these narratives have just come in now i think uh, since the british took over it's become a very low context culture in a way there's only one way of looking at it or not Oh yeah, and we discussed about this too, like in the last uh, how, episode. Yeah, how, how, how the Indian epics? Were, yeah, actually, we were pretty okay with uh, multiple viewpoints on the same topic, and we had like when it came to internal built-in contradictions, we had no problems at all. Absolutely, no problems. We 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 just able to reconcile conflicting contradictory narratives. Yeah, and it's very special about us actually. So also, I do get a feeling that we are drifting again today. Yeah, we so, are. So <laughs> okay, so we're talking about Jaipur Train Festival. That's right, and we're talking about uh, freedom of speech. What sort of okay? Uh, and uh, freedom of speech within the literary space. Okay. And when we talk about freedom, freedom of speech in the literary space, you can't go any further than Salman Rushdie, especially in the Indian scene and the Indian context. And um, there's something that happened in 2012 that I'm not sure a lot of people know right now, or is just uh, been lost in public memory. Okay. This was uh, this happened in uh, the Jaipur Literature Festival. In 2012, I remember there was a huge uh, ruckus created. Uh, it was on the news. It was everywhere. Ki maar denge, maar denge. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Ye kar denge, wo kar denge. Rushdie aaya to. They were supposed to broadcast a video link of uh, Salman Rushdie in an interview with Barkadat. Okay. And uh, the topic of discussion was uh, satanic verses. Hmm, I've heard of it. Yeah. And <laughs> um, India actually is one of the few countries that are still that have banned satanic verses. We join countries like Papua New Guinea. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Pakistan and Iran, oh, really? which is yeah, which is quite surprising actually. So um, none when of these countries would. I, I mean, I don't know about Papua New Guinea, but uh, especially Iran and Pakistan wouldn't really be counted as uh, what you would call free countries. Not really so free countries. Yeah. Pakistan has a it has a it has a liberal scene. I think given how what kind of uh, English literature at least that is being doled out, but. I I think I think their voices are still very much marginalized. The interesting thing uh, very marginalized. I happened to read it a while back that it seems that till the 70s uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's correct I'll have to check it I put a computer in front of me till the time of uh, Ayub Khan mm-hmm. Pakistan was actually a more liberal country uh than India and like they had a better and a better booming economy. Yeah, I I actually came so across another. So I was another... sometime in 1974. So I'm assuming around the 1960s and all, Pakistan was like a fairly liberal country. Like, and when I say liberal, I mean like pretty advanced. There was an interesting article recently that was published by the print. I think Shekhar Gupta's print, uh. in which uh, there was this fact: in 1985, the average Pakistani earned I think 60 percent more than the average Indian. That's insane. That's insane. And now, after they took the whole jihad route. um the average pa- i mean the average indian now earns 25% more than the average pakistani and then you can do the math i mean because we have obviously added to our population so given the large base as well we have actually improved exponentially and they have yeah, they have I mean, uh, yeah, like gone on that's yeah that's uh, the train so aman ki aasha bro 
Okay. Okay. So, so okay. So, what are we talking about now? Let's go on. So, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. So, um, the the organizers of the event are under a lot of pressure in 2012 because Salman Rushdie is coming down to talk to Barkhadat about the satanic verses. Okay. 2012 also holds uh, a lot of contextual weight because uh, there were the UP elections that were around the corner. and the literature festival was in jan the up elections took place in february and given the fact that i think everyone knows that the satanic verses contain a lot of passages that are considered blasphemous by uh, but according to islamic standards uh, many were many felt um, offended right so a lot of uh, deobandi activists i mean and a lot of other muslim groups okay came out in protest for the ones uh, who are just like listening uh, listening to this right now without a context uh, deobandi activists are from rajasthan no deoband is the ulema is is from is from uh, up actually is from uttar pradesh yeah, is from uttar pradesh but they have wings everywhere i mean they they it's it's just like so any other like any other religious yeah it's just like any other religious organization okay uh, and in india you will always have offshoots in every state i think there'll be some representatives and on the con and they'll be political one way or another of course they'll be political i mean uh, the muslim vote uh, was considered very important in 2012 in the up state elections the state assembly elections and also in rajasthan in february when i went into detail there were some 10 muslims that were killed in a in a riot by the police i mean they were shot at so there was a lot there were a lot lot of tensions in the state as well with respect to that particular community and this just added uh, fuel to the fire when they heard that Salman Rushdie was actually coming down so what happened and, and like uh, no, nothing happened that's that's the worst part so i I'll, i'll explain it i, I do think though like if your founders mm. uh, of a, if they are like influential people right they that pretty much sort of takes care like if you if you're sort of sort of funded or uh, backed by a bunch of powerful people mm-hmm. then uh, there's not really much to worry about no matter who is coming to attack you but then again it depends on who the founders are like you just said right and the there there are two founders of the jaipur literature festival there's San, sanjay roy and there is uh, william dalrymple the historian guy the historian guy yeah absolutely so um not really uh, i i'm not sure what how how influential they are in the power corridors but i would imagine it will be quite minuscule compared to other groups especially uh, a religious minority for for instance i mean okay okay yeah. so go on yeah. so so what happened was uh, um on the day the the video link was supposed to be broadcast there were a lot of uh, activists who entered the venue and uh, they decided a mob a sort of accumulating outside accumulating outside the venue and through the course of the day a lot of people actually went to the central courtyard and they started doing namaz and as per reports a lot of them actually went up to children they went up to other attendees and they started you know um threatening them in a way all right so there was a lot of unrest uh, in the build to the through the build up to the actual event which was supposed to be broadcast at 3:45 pm i think if you look at there's a there's a brilliant uh, essay by uh, william dalrymple in the guardian where he actually chronicles uh, this event and how he was affected emotionally uh, um so he he was apparently called at 3 o'clock or to a special room where um, they were actually supervising the situation and they the were joined police was in the situation or the, the police and the organizers organizers were there right, in that yeah. right. apparently it was a, it was a security room is what he's called it i think okay. if i remember correctly the police commissioner of jaipur is in that in the security room and he tells william dalrymple that uh, listen um, we have we have resources to uh, stop this but there will be mobs and there will be violence uh, are you willing to take this uh, take this onus i mean are, is are your principles that 
uh, strong. That's I, pretty fucked up, right? It's because the up. guilt lies on William Dalrymple for absolutely, no reason. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I mean, um, eventually, what happened was William Dalrymple didn't take the uh, decision. The final decision was actually taken by I think Ram Pratap Singh, uh, the owner of the Digi Palace. Okay. Who was the owner of the venue as well there, and he took the uh, he took charge and he said, "Listen, I will not have any blood spilt on my, you know, my on my uh, venue premises. I'm calling this off." And what happened was he was followed by Sanjay Roy onto stage onto the stage where he announced the fact that this event was cancelled. And according to William Dalrymple, Sanjay Roy broke down on stage and he apologized to the public, who actually applauded him. They applauded how much they fought, how valiantly they actually fought. But eventually the mobs were appeased. Uh, I think they went, they backed off completely that day. Uh, there were also reports that there were three assassins that were sent down from Bombay to uh, and, and with Salman Rushdie as the prime target. Listen to I all this. I won't be surprised because like the kind Neither of hatred uh, that guy gets. Yeah. I mean. Uh, you never know, right? You, you never, never know. know. And if it's coming from uh, the Mumbai police, I'm sure the intelligence is solid. Even even when he was in uh, Washington D.C. in hiding. Hmm. Uh, there is an anecdote that goes that Christopher Hitchens, uh, I think Christopher Hitchens was sort of keeping him in his probably yeah. house. I don't know exactly if it was, was New York. No, Washington DC. Washington DC. Hitchens okay. lived in DC. Okay. And uh, uh, even then, Salman Rushdie was pretty much always in hiding. Hmm. And we all know the famous story that uh, for the longest time he actually hmm. lived uh, with Bono. Yeah, that's, that's an and amazing. In hiding. Story. In hiding. In hiding. Yeah. In hiding. Like no one knew. No one knew. Yeah. Was and he also lived in a house. Uh, under the name uh, Joseph Anton. Yeah, Joseph Anton. Yeah. So, like the fact that the guy has spent so long uh, in hiding, I mean, actually says a lot about how many people out there are out to get him, and which also sort of talks. I don't know if it talks about his commitment to the freedom of speech, but I do think that it talks about how dangerous it is to be almost a militant free speech activist. Anyway, like the number of people who will be out to get you. Yeah. Just yeah. for you to speak your, just when you're about to speak your mind. Or if you want to speak your mind or if you've spoken your mind it's scary because even uh, Christopher Hitchens used to say things like uh, I get calls uh, mm-hmm. on weekly basis from people who know where I live wow. in America <laughs> and these were all sorts of religious groups right and yeah. because obviously Hitchens was famous for being extremely fearless in the face of any sort of uh, what's the word what's the right word for bullying bullying from by the mobs I don't know calls for death calls for death fatwas yes a lot so of you can only imagine and Hitchens never really wrote anything like this I mean he wrote a lot of stuff disparaging religion eventually culminating into his great book called God is not great hmm. which literally means Allah who Akbar not not yeah okay but but Salman Rushdie I mean I think he has suffered a worse fate I mean uh, just, just look at the kind of uh, threats the organizers got right I mean um one of one of the one of one member of the mob actually told a reporter of the times of of the times of india that rivers of blood will flow here if they show rushdie and there's something else uh, about a muslim munch representative called abdul salim sankla who was quoted as saying we will not allow rushdie to speak here in any form there will be violent protests if he speaks so um how do you deal with that i mean how do you deal with that it's it's one Can of those you deal with that if if you if you have if you, if have, you have a strong constitution, uh, then maybe you can deal with it. Like I know that a country like America, which has free expression, right, hmm. which has what they call the First Amendment, and uh, any of our folks who are listening to this right now can actually look it up. Now, the First Amendment actually allows for an absolute freedom of speech, and when I say absolute, means 
America has, still has a Ku Klux Klan and America still has neo-Nazis. They do, yeah. America still has people burning American flag and that's the extreme to which they have allowed for freedom of speech or freedom of expression rather to exist and uh, although it obviously encourages a lot of uh, uh, egregious sort of uh, elements in sure. society but uh, it perhaps is the most important thing there is and I don't know if Indian constitution actually has something like that built into it I don't know either I mean if you I'm pretty sure that if anyone burns the Indian flag they're liable for uh, for suspension or I'm sure there's some legality involved like, I think they'll be imprisoned or something or some seditionary uh, sedition charges also I, I'm not sure about this. India has sedition charges to look there, it's like it's very easy actually. Yes, like you say, I, it's, it's very easy to be anti national these days. I mean, you, uh, a loose word here and there, they can use it against you uh, before you even know it. Yeah, so I mean, but 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 freedom but, of speech is not is not absolute, is it? I mean, I personally believe that freedom of speech and expression is absolute, it really is. There's nothing else you can do about it. In fact, the in fact, Barkadat, who was supposed to interview Salman Rushdie on that day. She believes the same thing, and though I don't agree with her on a lot of things, on a lot of things, but <laughs> on, when it comes to this, I'm not a big fan of Barkadat, but when it comes to this, she has gone on record to say that, it, and she was ready. She was ready to take up the the interview. That's something. Huh? That's something. She was like, I don't care. You gotta have this. You gotta broadcast this. That's what William Dalrymple has said. So where was Rushdie in all of this? So he was on his way to the studio while all this was happening, and then when he heard uh, that uh, the commissioner had put up his hands, and he was he was saying that you know there will be lati charges and there will be a lot of violence and coupled with the fact that there was intelligence that there were assassins on the way to kill him he was like I'm not going to you know like it's not happening all over again I'm man. not like, going to geez, sacrifice I'm not going to sacrifice innocent uh, audience members and fellow co-writers I mean fellow writers can you imagine Rushdie going like not again man I'm pretty sure he's gone not again a lot of times okay and like come on man like get over me already right like, yeah actually but 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 you know what happened was plan B was executed which was basically that instead of it being broadcast to 10,000 people uh, in the Jaipur Literature Festival it was broadcast on media to millions more so in a way probably could have worked out but but you know what happens to the festival then hasn't the festival fallen in the eyes of principled cele- mm-hmm. people who celebrate when literature was the again? When was the 2012 again? Alright, and Jaipur Literature Festival takes place in the winters. Right? Winters, yeah, generally winters. It's, I think this was in Jan. This was in Jan 2012. Mm-hmm. I remember because I was in Dubai at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I, well, you 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 were in, you were in what? I was I was uh, I remember very clearly. But I was, <laughs> you were okay, in. I was in Jhansi. You were in Jhansi, right? Yeah, and so. uh, yeah, it's like a crazy place, man. I mean, uh, if you're born in Uttar Pradesh and raised in Jhansi, Jhansi is like crazy. Jhansi is like. I mean, crazy is the word because uh, I think Jhansi is one step below what you would call Vasipur. <laughs> I am like, my father and my father, their old friends. They are uh, people who have really got involved in uh, crazy things like <laughs> shooting at a judge while the hearing was saying? going. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, like my father is like my dad's older brother. When he was retiring, he was retiring in Jhansi. That's where we are all from. So like a couple of people were there and one of the guys told me oh you see that guy who's just delivering this uh, memory like that's his speech like yeah like he shot uh, the judge while a hearing was going on while he was being <laughs> <laughs> he was under trial <laughs> he was under trial oh my god <laughs> that's insane so uh, Jhansi is that sort of a place and like you know that's the thing I mean I can understand the, the 
overall socio political uh, makeup of those places is extremely rough so i don't think they give a shit about uh, you know what your constitutional right is like when you're in the grave there is not really a constitutional right there is no constitutional right i mean if you're in the grave then already one right has been taken away from you it's a right to life yeah so you're already fucked that way but i i personally believe i'm sure you do as well as an artist that there is an absolute nature to freedom of speech and expression yeah it is right but the thing is this uh not just our country actually like most countries in the world run on what you would call appeasement politics in fact there is because you mentioned shashi tharoor and i keep mentioning hichens and nazim there is actually a debate between shashi tharoor and uh, uh christopher hichens okay uh which is about the exact same thing whether freedom of speech hmm. is uh, absolute where uh, should it be absolute and christopher hichens is for it mm-hmm. and shashi tharoor uh, Although not exactly a guy who would curb free speech is against it, saying that sometimes you need to take people's uh, emotions, emotions, is it? Emotions, is that what he said? Emotions in view, and mm-hmm. it is a long speech, and obviously uh, Christopher Hitchens has the upper hand because uh, why not? It's a it's a more utopian worldview anyway, so it Hitchens, would it would uh, technically and the have the is, upper hand. Yeah. yeah. Hitchens worldview is utopian also also the fact that Hitchens was never trying to win anything so he yeah, was a journalist that's, right that's, that's Shashi Tharoor is actually has always been uh, a either a diplomat or a yeah. statesman of sort now yeah. he's trying to win and not to take anything away from him like how much he has done for the liberalization of the overall uh, what's the word for it dialogue mm-hmm. uh, that cannot be taken away from him but still like he understood the indian context it seems that you know what you have to appease people you have to sort of you know handle them with a that's glove. A, yeah, yeah so that's, that's that thing has happened it was a friendly debate like like not the kind of acidic debate that christopher hitchens used to get into with pastors and no uh, i'm sure and both are both are very nuanced speakers well read and yep articulate yeah but you know when i do when i did some digging into the constitution yeah I realize that uh, the freedom of speech uh, and expression is not exactly absolute. It's a, it's it's a gray area, like many things in the constitution, like we have been discussing over the days, past yeah. couple of days. But uh, there's this nineteenth uh, article of the constitution where they say that freedom of speech is a fundamental right, but there's a second provision uh, within the within that particular article where it says that reasonable restrictions may be imposed. when and fundamental rights may be curb see this gray area man there's a it's, problem it's right like area. anybody can screw up with that like Absolutely. anybody with their convenience especially in 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 the context of 2012 right in, in jaipur whatever happened when public order and lives were at stake that those seem like pretty reasonable uh, reasons for imposing any kind of a restriction on freedom of speech so yeah so it's not exactly absolute in india it's not and it's 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 kind of sad it's kind of sad for me as an artist i guess i guess the masses i, I guess what sachin tarur is trying to hint is that the masses and are not really mature it's not, it's not, and sachin tarur and no sachin tarur i'm so sorry uh, salman rushdie is probably not even the first victim of this right i mean the expression yeah. has been uh, like the freedom of expression has been impinged upon in this country uh, a lot a lot like mfsn mfsn like, yeah like the great guy could mm. not really come back to his own country and for the for, for the for the for the for the for the victimless crime of offending people like really like really i mean for like one guy offended somebody the other 
person offended somebody. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The, the, I mean, there's a whole list of artists who have the been. Tasneema Nasreen, there is Tasneema Nasreen, ran away from uh, Bangladesh. Yeah. But then there is M F Hussain. There is. Uh, there's A K Ramanujan actually. I'm not sure if he was exiled, Dave but Ramon. we'll have to look at that. But his uh, essay, 300 Ramayanas, was obviously banned. Like. Like how in ni- during the 1990s it was no, it was you, a bad uh, bad no, time. A K Ramanujan's Trinamool uh, Ramayanas was also banned in 2015 or 2014 if I'm not mistaken. There oh. was a huge huge uh, cry about it. I think by ABVP. Okay, of course. One uh, goes, yeah. This is let me let me let me dig this up right. I've got a computer in front of me. Uh, let's see 300 Ramayanas right. 300 Ramayanas. 2015 as as late as, as 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, historians protest as Delhi University's Delhi University purges Ramayana essay. Mm. Uh, okay, so this uh, I have an article in front of me, which uh, it's, it was it was a part of BA history honors. Wow. Okay, and it was taken away. That's so sad, let, me, right? let me let me read what it says. Yeah. This is definitely not an academic decision, but a glaring example. Of an, of an academic institution succumbing to the pressure from the right wing. The council has severely compromised on its standards and has conveyed to our students that the message that only the ideology that is supported by the majority will be accepted, said, uh, said, a, said a member of the department. Yes, said a member of the department. Uh, what's his name? Let me get his name here. Rakesh Kumar, who was among the nine to express dissenting opinion against the scrapping of this essay. So wow. this is yeah, and this uh, let me see when 2011. But tell me that that essay. Yeah. Um, I never found anything extremely controversial. And it's so it's it's, it's, it's a brilliant essay. It's brilliant, and it's actually glorifying our culture in so many ways, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it just shows the pluralistic nature of our culture. 300 Ramayanas all the way down to Southeast Asia. Yeah. You have a what Swarnabhumi airport in Thailand, and you have they have their own version of the Ramayana, which is brilliant. Um, it's just sad. I, I guess I don't. I, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that you can actually curb artistic expression. I just don't get it. And we we spoke about it uh, in our last uh, podcast episode as well. I mean, it get, it's as pure as it gets, right? Yep. How can you how can you hold a work of fiction uh, accountable so harshly? Is is this beyond uh, beyond any comprehension in my head? I just I just can't wrap my head around it. And uh, you know, like one would be inclined to think that this is an Indian phenomenon. But satanic verses suffered like the same fate, uh, you know, like at the hands of like a lot of academics, uh, even in Europe and in America. Yeah, I'm sure. Very few people who actually came uh, to his defense, to Samanushti's defense. One of them was actually, I think, the Bard College. Back oh, in New York, yes. yes. And that's why eventually when uh, Salman Rushdie was like in relatively safer space, he went to Bard College and thanked them during the commencement speech. And then he narrated his very famous story of... Uh, the gravy. The gravy. Yeah. The, that was a, that the was onion gravy and the onion gravy and uh, shoe polish. Something like that. I completely forgot. It's so Salman Rushdie. I remember reading that. I don't remember the exact contents. Uh, it was a, it, so it he talks like about why you should never back down to bullies, ha. and it ends with the, it ends with how, how uh, most of the people who are in the positions of authority have feet of clay, ah. like you can always stick your tongue at them, <laughs> poke, you know, stick your nose up to them. I don't know what it is. He was always obsessed with noses. I don't know why. <laughs> Even Salim Sina had a monstrous nose. So yep. it's just one of the things. But I don't know. At end of the day, I think. The basic question is: Is freedom of speech a basic right? Um, yeah, I mean, it is a basic right. It but is the most basic right that can be. Like, 
it, how can you be stopped from saying what you have to say i i just don't get it but but if you had to look at it how jordan peterson looks at it when he says that rights are just not enough you have to have responsibilities exactly and and not and you have to have responsibilities and only then can you expect someone else to have the responsibility of taking up your rights because they have to uphold your rights i guess we're just not a very mature society that way yeah but what what can be a bigger i mean uh, here's the thing right i mean i do think that uh, peterson's idea gets lost mm. uh, not no not does not get lost it's more relevant to the canadian society or the american society or the western society which has pretty much how do i put this the best way which has realized the objectives of freedom mm. like मतलब उनका हो गया यार मतलब उनको कोई मारता नहीं है यूजुअली कुछ लिखने पे बांग्लादेश में थिंग इज आई लव जॉर्डन पीटरसन बट माई थिंग इज लाइक अमेरिकन कॉन्टेक्स अपार्ट फ्रॉम the whole freedom and responsibility thing yeah. we first need to get our basic freedoms then you talk about responsibility i guess jordan peterson is not relevant to india but I, when he talks about archetypes and stuff that resonates across Absolutely. the board right so where, where does it leave us then where does it leave us where do we go from here so 2012 and it's it's sad because you know salman rush uh, the, the festival literally the literature festival in jaipur had so much to owe salman rushdi there is this brilliant account in 2007 apparently when salman rushdi just flew down to jaipur unannounced without any bodyguards uh, no celebrity vibe about him he just sat down with some tea and he spoke to uh, one of the writers and fans in general and he elevated the profile of the festival i mean the festival owes so much to salman rushdi you're saying they didn't pay him back the I way they should have you know i think i think they missed a trick there i think all these organizers they should have just let it happen they should have let it happen i think the festival could have reached a certain iconic status something like a woodstock imagine a woodstock of the literary world across yeah yeah and and, and it's in jaipur it's in jaipur why because they took a stand and there was like a war like situation but it was taken care of वैसे भी हमारे देश में जिज्ञासु लोग बहुत है तो मतलब सब पहुंच जाते हैं आई मीन आई थिंक वी वुड हैव वी आर ऑल हंगरी फॉर अ रेवोल्यूशन एनीवे राइट अ लॉट ऑफ अस यंगस्टर्स आर वी जस्ट डोंट नो इट्स इज मिसप्लेस्ड नाउ आई थिंक बट इट्स इट्स आई थिंक दे मिस अ ट्रिक बट लाइव्स वर एट स्टेक देयर वर किड्स ऑन 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 ग्राउंड एट द सीन सो आई डोंट नो इट्स वेरी डिफिकल्ट टू पास दिस काइंड ऑफ अ जजमेंट बट दे इट कुड इमेजिन अ वुडस्टॉक kind of uh, imagine a woodstock kind of a status attributed to a literary festival like jaipur literature festival in india in india that's that's brilliant but yeah it is what it is i guess and we are where we they, are and it's not any prettier in 2019 yeah i mean like in the hindsight they should have stood their ground i mean it's better it's easier said than done easy way easier said than done there's no doubt like about it when you got a couple of guys with machetes and guns and like yeah. at your doorstep and saying I'm, hey chal hey chal band kar chal band kar We're going to do about it. You got to have a special pair of balls on it to do anything about yeah. it. I mean, it's I, I, especially when there are uh, when when there are children involved. I think is this. Don't you think the state machinery should have kicked into sort of uh, uphold this whole thing? Whose responsibility is upholding law and order anyway? It's the state machineries. They should have absolutely been there. The commissioner should have absolutely stepped forward, and he he should have given enough confidence to the organizers that listen, I will take care of this. even the cm of uh, rajasthan at that time was privy but i don't think there was any help coming from the highest officers in the state it's a, it's just a very sad thing because let's face it if people in power do not believe that freedom of speech and expression is absolute how what can you do 
and if, if, and if the constitution is is as malleable they control everything like, i am digressing from the literature festival thing right like you go to a censor board hmm. i know this woman and she wants to me she works for censor board like, the thing with censor board is you can actually nominate somebody right okay <laughs> so you don't have to know jack shit about cinema in general i love censor board stories man yeah <laughs> right so this is somebody who <laughs> happens to know my dad okay and she was nominated by her husband okay and she doesn't know shit right she really doesn't like i'm saying it like i even if she listens to this like you don't know shit auntie okay <laughs> and no she doesn't yeah, okay, okay. Well, like she hasn't made a thing in her life mm. she mm. says to prove her relevance and she said it without any shame she like to 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 prove to everybody that she's relevant she will just suggest like few cuts in a movie and there you go like this is somebody's work somebody who has studied all the greats sorry about yeah. the noise we are sitting in the balcony but yeah this is somebody who has studied all the greats who comes with a movie and he says you know this is my 3 hour long movie this is the work of labor i've i've spent last 5 years doing this yeah, and so much hard work with no brains no who brains. just uh, uh, they, they don't understand what goes into an artist making something yeah i mean making art is you you literally live and die 100 times in a day if you're an artist i do believe that especially for engaged day in day out for skin in the game is so deep so she, you're yeah. going to get fucked and, 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 and imagine imagine an uh, an uneducated it. person deciding if is not even about educated right educated or uneducated is okay, somebody who's never created anything a literate person let's yeah. say i mean in, in the language of films was she literate enough to no not at all take a call no, no. she wasn't so she, it's it's she it's had no just, right to destroy what she did not create it's just very sad it's just very sad and again if you bring it and anurag kashyap and those guys have like too many run-ins with yeah. this like there's, there's a guy from bengal i'm pretty sure a lot of guys know about q q yes he doesn't release his movies like that he just puts them like he goes to fancy film festivals like berlin and ocean and yeah, like that's where he premieres his films yeah, like and gandu could no way be released in india like boss नहीं हो he had a connection with rap and this rap is the f- uh, flavor of the season right now with yeah. gully boy but that was way back in i think 2000 dude the soundtrack for the movie is like proper new metal bengali new metal which was like so indie on the down that the down that the down and it's just amazing q is q is another level but we have very few very few auteurs like that in the industry right now anurag kashyap would probably be one Yeah. So yeah, actor is definitely pushing boundaries now with Delhi Boy, but there's no one in Bollywood who has done that. I don't understand as much as I understand the. Yeah. But but here's a thought, right? Here's a thought because freedom of speech and expression is curbed to such an extent. You don't know what can come out. You don't know what can come out. Uh, being offended is the easiest thing right now. You'll be rewarded instantaneously. Is that is that why artists are not pushing boundaries nowadays? If you look at the literary scene, if you look at films that are coming out. No one's really pushing boundaries. No one's really talking about things that maybe they are probably should be talked about. Maybe we just don't know. Like how many cues there might be around? Oh, yeah, guys were influenced by Q, and uh, they might be just making their own stuff and releasing it on YouTube, and we probably haven't heard of a lot of this. Um, I would be really happy if that happens. Yeah. But I, the only way 
I would truly be happy is if it just enters mainstream conversation. There was a point where uh, I think I don't know if it was Ministry of I N B or what Information and Broadcast. They were telling they they I think they were trying to get Netflix shows uh, mm. censored, <laughs> right? Like imagine like a Sacred Games where he says, mm. uh, like you know like like there he says a, stuff yeah. like the husband says stuff, right? Like. Mm. You cannot have that stuff going on how, how sad is that? Yeah. And Rakashem had a blast making that, right? But because there was no censor. But you know, that's not to say that literary artists weren't aren't pushing boundaries. In 2012, what happened was there were two sets of authors who came out in support of Salman Rushdie and they independently quoted verses or passages from the satanic verses. Um and the two sets were basically the first one was uh, Amitava Kumar and uh, Hari Kunzru and the other one was Jeet Tail and I think it was Ruchil Joshi All right. and they independently uh, without any coordination uh, quoted the satanic verses incidentally again there's that aforementioned draconian law that we spoke about the 1800s law yeah um, there are way it, too many of those there are way too many of those and they just come crawling out of the woodwork right yeah uh, according to that law if something if any any work of art or publication is banned in India even quoting from it in public is illegal after after these four in their independent capacities actually came out and quoted satanic verses 45 minutes later police landed up at the venue looking for these authors and they got wind of this and they scrambled they ran away it's fucked up dude it's really fucked up and one of them one of them I know is really pushing um, the literary scene in India right now with a very transgressive kind of a bent who's this guy? Jeetha Yil okay Jeetha Yil wrote Narcopolis I, I, I know the name but I haven't heard I haven't read Jeetha Yil has a fantastic uh, story man his personal story is one of great inspiration what is the book that you just said? Uh, Narcopolis okay so Jeetha Yil uh, he's a journalism uh, he, he's a journalist from Kerala, lived in Bombay, and I think he uh, grew up in New York for the longest time. A drug addict for 20 years, uh, an insane musician and a poet, ventured into the literary scene with his no- first novel, Narcopolis, which is also about a dying opium subculture in Bombay. It's a fantastic read. And I think we need to probably talk about that in our next episode. Yeah, because I mean, he's one artist, one literary. We spend a lot of time just talking about him. We should definitely do that. One author who's really trying to push transgressive boundaries in India in the literary right. scene. Fuck man, yeah. So yeah, on that Anyways, note, I, got I think a bounce today. Yeah. So <laughs> we fine. all got a bounce. So yeah, I guess. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we will be talking about Jeetail and some other stuff. Uh, that's Sandeep. I am Akash. We are India. This podcast is called The Fine Print and we hope you tune back in. Write to us. Let us know what you think about this. What you like, what you do not like. Uh, we currently work with a loose set of scripts. We know what we're talking about, but we don't know what we're going to talk about. So We don't know what comes out. Eventually. We don't really know what comes out. <laughs> so let us know what you, wanna, what you want us to discuss. And uh, let's do this next time soon. Yeah, let's do this next time. Ciao. Bye. Bye-bye. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट